This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture spelled a rushing. We'll be talking about gardening. I can put on my horticulture hat if you want to. I can't help being a horticulturist, trained in science and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I'd rather just talk gardening. If you got some things you need, some horticulture expertise, I'll whip that out if we need to. But let's just talk about gardening. What's on your mind? What is bothering you? What do you want to try? What is challenging you? What are you excited about? What's going on? What do you need a second opinion about? I ain't going to try to sell you anything. We're just going to talk about gardening like we're sitting around on a porch. Uh, hopefully a screen porch because mosquitoes are starting to come out. Uh, but for the next hour, it's just chatting about gardening. That's all it is. No pressure, no sales, nothing like that. And uh, if I don't know something, I'm the type of person who will be glad to admit it. Hopefully a chance to learn something myself. Uh, so, again, for the next little while, it's live call-in program. Hey, we got some fun stuff coming up next week at Java. I guess we ought to just jump in. Well, before we, before we jump into this, let me mention this. You know, we had our drive time. And the grand prize was you get a visit from Felder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a landscape consultation or a garden party, whatever you want to. And the guy that won it, a guy named Spence Fletcher, I've known Spence all of his life. He used to live down the street from me in Indianola. My mother, he was one of her yard children. Okay. And uh, he said, nah, Felder, I don't want you. <laughs> Somebody who, the person who won you did, won you, did he, not he want said, you. He said, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, but he made a generous offer. He said, put it back in the pool. And, uh, and I talked to, 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 the, to the foundation folks. And what we decided to do is open up sort of a, a, a second drawing of people who have either a school garden or a community garden. And if anybody's got a school garden or a community garden in the state and you want to send us a picture of it, then we'll take those and put those in a hat and whichever one draws and I'll go out because I work with community gardens literally all around the world. Five continents I've worked with community gardens. I had one myself. And uh, school gardens wrote the book. So, you know, kicking around ideas about uh, about how to get children involved in gardening and all the stuff involved, not just planting stuff, you know, like we're putting them back on the farm or anything, but really enjoy the outdoors. So children's gardens or community gardens, if you've got one, want to send us a, an email with a picture of it, then uh, we're going to have a drawing uh, to have a chance for at, at, at your convenience, whenever you feel like it, uh, come, come over and uh, chat with you about ways you can get the most out of it and also have a little bit more fun. So anyway... Thank you, Spence Fletcher. And yeah, that's that's really cool. I hopefully oh. we can we can find a good one that you can uh, you know show up and, he, and help out at. He's a great guy too, and he he called my mother Ma. All the all the kids and he would call her Ma. She she had a she she had them help her. She helped them build a treehouse in a Magnolia Street down the alley. This up in Indianola. Java not making this up. My mother was in her sixties, and she climbed up in that treehouse in a Magnolia Tree and make Spence and other little guys run up the alley to her house and bring her back cigarettes and beer. <laughs> Amazing woman. That's the way I was raised, man. So anyway, for the next little while, we're going to be talking about gardening. I do want to mention this, though. Java and I are going to be on the road for the next whew, three or four or five broadcasts, I guess. Yeah, it's going to uh, start next Friday up until uh, May 14th, going around going around Jackson. I mean, going around uh, Mississippi. We're yeah, We could be top to bottom, side to side. We got details about that. And it's going to start next Thursday. Uh, I'm doing a program in Laurel at noon at the at the, the Lauren uh, Art Museum. 
It's a free. All of these programs are free. Uh, I'm going to be doing a thing from 12 to 1 in Laurel uh, on the Thursday the 15th uh, out on the lawn. It's going to be socially distanced. The weather's bad. We'll move in, but it's going to be out on the lawn. It's their, their third Thursday art thing. And uh, that's we have a lot of fun. I'll be, and I'm going to be in my truck with all the stuff going in it. That's Laurel next Thursday at noon. And then at 530, we're going to do a plant swap and a talk and, and, uh, and bring some of my new books about independent gardeners um, at the Chain Park in Hattiesburg. Had a wonderful plant swap there last year. Just terrific turnout. Uh, Chain Park is uh, is along the Leaf River. It's real easy to get to. Got a nice pavilion. Great park. It's a wonderful place. I'm going to pull my truck up and we're going to talk about gardening and, and uh, plant swap. So uh, that's uh, at 5.30 in Hattiesburg next Thursday. And then we're broadcasting is at Pascagoula Friday morning? Yeah, at the Pascagoula um, Beach Park South Pavilion. And you're going to be there. We're going to be there. Be in my truck. I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> between, between, you know, Java, you I'm coming my, out of my hidey hole. People, you know, people like you in my truck more than like me. So, <laughs> Come on now, So we're going to have some fun. Anyway, had fun last week in, in Meridian. But this is MPB taking it out on the road, taking it out to the folks. You know, we do it every every week, Monday through Friday, live. But uh, we're going to be physically on the road. If you want details about it, we've got it listed on the, as soon as you open the page of mpbonline.org mpbonline.org it's right there they even got a caricature of me holding a little truck so uh anyway more details about that later but let's start out doing what we do best here let's start talking about gardening and we're gonna jump right down to the gulf coast of biloxi hi jim good morning Uh, good morning hey what's up um so i have this uh cypress tree uh and I've been living at my house about 45 years, and there were two trees, uh, a bigger one about uh, 14 inches at the base, and then a little baby one. Uh, And over time, the big one has not grown, but the little one has. Yeah. Uh, And they're so beautiful. But in the last couple of years, knees have started popping up all over the yard, uh, all over my neighbor's yard, (laughs) uh, just everywhere is there anything i can do about this other than cutting them off with a reciprocating uh, saw or mowing over them there's no way to keep it from happening they send those knees up. this is part of the nature of the beast sometimes they do sometimes they don't depend on the type of soil uh, but once they start that, uh, other than cutting them off, about all I can do is get a little neighborhood group up and knit little little knitted hats to put on them or something because there ain't squ- ain't squat you can do about keeping them from coming up they're kind of bad on a lawnmower. Oh, I know, I know. I was raised with, with cypress trees, and it's one of my top five native trees. Uh, it's even popular in Japan. They use our cypress trees to represent mountains in their botanic gardens. But uh, when those knees start coming up, it's just the nature of the beast. So after 40 years of no knees, or knees right at the base, they just decided they wanted to move around. Hey, it took about that long for me to start growing white hair out of the rim of my ears. That's just part of it. Nothing you can do about it except just, just pluck them or, or braid them. I was thinking about digging a big trench around it uh, and putting a uh, like a, a barrier uh an enclosure. Yeah, you, like yeah, that. you could, you could, you could do that. You know, just cut straight down. You know, uh, go out. It'd be easier if you rent one of these uh, a little uh, power ditch digger type things. You know, for a couple of hours and do it because this could be hard cut through those roots. Right. So that that might. Yeah, contain them. Some relief. Yeah, go How go, go yeah go down uh, six or eight inches. 
and then just get oh, you some metal okay. flashing or something put down in it. That'll help. Oh, for that matter, you know, if you just cut down around, uh, cut down straight down, you don't even have to put a rim. The ones from the cut outward are going to die. You could just, you know, and th- you know they're not going to keep growing. So if you just cut, you know, then that's as far as those roots will grow. You might, might have to recut it every three or four years, but you already got the ditch going. Okay, well, I won't be too many more years anyway. Okay, good, good looking. And sorry about your neighbors, you know. But the knit hat thing, little knit caps for them, I think that's a good idea. Okay, I like that. Good luck on you. Hey, hey, we're gonna be broadcasting from Pascagoula and also from uh, I forgot the other place, Java on the coast. We're doing two things on the coast. Long Beach, Pascagoula, Long Beach. We'll be doing live broadcasts from there over the next few weeks. So, 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 so bring one of those knees out. Okay, sounds great. Appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, now down to uh, up to over to Corinth, uh, up and over to Corinth. Mike, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, yes, uh, I had a question. Uh, we have a south-facing uh, patio, uh, concrete, mm-hmm. uh, two small pots uh, on either side of the door. Uh, would way of petunias survive in that hot sun on the south side, or what else could you recommend? It's, it's possible. Wave petunias are the only ones that will really t- tolerate our summer times. You know, petunias are over winter for us or over summer for, in cooler climates. Wave will take a lot of heat. It'll take a, But I'm not sure about the, the hot radiated heat off the concrete. I'm just not sure. And they're, and they're pretty sprawly plants. Uh, you know, might want to give it a try, but, you know, there's a, uh, a, a you've set on a particular color, a plant? Uh, not necessarily. Well, there's a, there's a spreading type of lantana called new gold, new gold lantana. Uh, it's a sprawly plant, sort of like a, a wave petunia, and it the hotter it gets, the better it blooms. But lantana is a good choice, and then you know, kind of a spready type of uh, a sprawly type of thing. But you could put a spiky plant in it, like uh, angelonia, or you know, any of these old fashioned uh, summer things. You know, put a spiky thing in the middle, but the the lan- lantana will love the heat, and uh, and you can new, trim it. Yeah, new gold lantana. Yeah. That's a- it's a pretty, okay. yeah. It's it's a it's a pretty widely available type of lantana. There's some lantanas that make big bushes, but this is a kind of a spready thing. It grows really well in a small container. And uh, and then uh, one other thing I can mention, cause I grow stuff in the back of my pickup truck, which is uh, it's a box of dirt in the back of a pickup truck out in the street, and I don't water anything. Uh, there's a type of uh, zinnia. It's, it's a, a group of them called Profusion. Profusion zinnia is a little small, compact, maybe about the size of a basketball, I guess. They love, love hot weather. But there, it's a special type of, of uh, a zinnia called Profusion. They come in different colors. Profusion zinnia, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, probably also Portulaca. Oh, yeah. It's kind of short. That's, that's a good one, as long as the sun is shining. When the sun's there, they open the flowers. Uh, in the evening, when you're likely to be out there on the patio, they close up. Okay. Nugo, Lantana, Perfusion, Zinnia. Yeah. Those those are pretty widely available plants, and they really like a lot of hot hot conditions. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. You know, I should have said plant some basil out there or some rosemary or something you could eat or smell or something like that. Anyway, let's go down to Mobile, Alabama. Hey, Angela, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Appreciate you being part. Hey, I'm going to be in in Mobile tomorrow morning. You know where Central Press Church is? Central Presbyterian? Yeah. 
They no, but I'll find it. They have a plant swap. There's a free thing, and it is it is a it's a wonderful thing. Weird people and weird plants. You know, people. You know, it's not a dress up thing. It's a free thing. It's going to start at ten. I'm going to be down there uh, myself at ten o'clock at wow. Central Press Church uh, tomorrow morning. I will definitely come out and see you. I love your show. Appreciate it. Well, what, what can help? Oh, and bring a plant if you want to swap. If not, they've always got plenty of leftover. They got lots and lots of plants. So don't feel obligated to bring something. Sure, I will. I have a few sproutlings from that I brought from Arizona. Some variegated cactus. I want one. Aloe. Okay, okay. Put one of those aside for me. Put one of those really? aside for me. Oh, oh yeah, God. come on, Angel. I sure will. Okay. Well, what can I, I help sure you will. with? Well, this question is kind of gardening, sort of. Um, Every year, I've been in Mobile for like two years now, and Uh this time of year, we get like swarms of these uh, cricket. No, they're grasshoppers. I always call them crickets. Yeah. And they're when they're little, they're like black with red spots, and then they get to be huge. They're like and they get that 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 red or they get a yellow red or yellow stripe down their back. Yeah. Those are called lubbers. I don't know why. Lovers. Yeah, I don't know why. Two B lovers, and uh, there's not much you could do to them. Man. The only, the best control, other than taking your glasses off and ignoring them, is a terrible thing. Let's take a pair of scissors to them. I just hate saying that because they're life forms, and the Star Trek people are gonna come after me for saying that. But there's well, they there, eat up everything. I know, but the problem is, and you can control them when they're small. Uh, you know, there's there's some mild insecticides. Uh, you've heard of seven seven dust or liquid seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even put that on most vegetables. I wouldn't put them on your leafy greens, but uh, you could. And and w- when they eat it, it it poisons them that way. It's not a contact thing, but it only works on them when they're really small. Uh, the bigger ones, there is a spray. It's a natural spray called pyrethrin. It's made from chrysanthemum flowers, and it sounds weird. Pyrethrin. Yeah, it sounds made from chrysanthemums. Yeah, and well, they, they, you know, they, they, they've concentrated all like that. But uh, it works really, really well on big insects. Uh, I wouldn't spray it in the middle of the day though, because if there's any bees or butterflies, it'll get them too. So do it late in the evening, you know, after the bees and butterflies gone, and it works overnight like a charm. And and it's okay, and, good, and, and it's natural. Yeah. That, okay. Wow. Because they're like a real pain, and when they're little, I use vinegar and dish detergent, and that kind of helps. Yeah. But then when they get big, it's yeah, just like it's I hard. tried neem oil. And... I know. I know. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. Been there, done that, and uh, you know, and you can't even thump them. They're too big to thump. Yeah, and they're not afraid of people either. It's like, <laughs> well, you don't know, well, try to run or anything. No, that's this, this Jiminy Cricket's crazy uncles out there. Wow. Anyway. Well, thank you so much, sir, and I'll see you tomorrow, and I'll bring that uh, variegated agave. Okay, and be, 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 before we go, what part of Arizona you moved from? Uh, Tucson, Arizona, and I Tucson. brought back several... Uh, cactus yeah, uh, Tuc- specimens with Tucson me. has got the coolest little botanic garden. I've been there several times. They coolest do. little it's botanic really garden. Cool. Hey, did you ever get down to uh to uh oh foo what to Tombstone? Yes, I've been to the old west. Yes. They, they've got the world's largest rose in Tombstone, Arizona. Oh yeah. Uh, we saw that. It was pretty big, awesome. Big old lady Lady Banks Rose. Yeah, it's beautiful. And in Tucson, they also have a rose garden with, I think, like 200 types of roses. Yep, yep. 
cool, cool, cool town. And uh, you left that for the humidity is so thick you can lick it in Mobile. I love it. I'm from Fort Walton originally, okay. so it's awesome. <laughs> so, okay. Well, listen, look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Angela. Thank you. God bless. See Bye. ya. Yeah, Central Presbyterian Church, the parking lot uh, down St. Anne and Dolphin. I can't remember the street. Central Presbyterian Church. And uh, I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock. they got a wonderful plant swap. Uh, they, they've had it for years and years and years. A lot of fun, real laid back, real, really, really easy to do. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, got a fellow on the line from Jackson going to talk with him. But if you've got some things that's on your mind, want to talk about gardening, um, I feel a little chatty this morning. So if you ain't got time, just tell me, cut to the chase, Felder, and we'll do that. So uh, anyway, Java and I are going to be on the road, MPB, for the next uh, three or four weeks. We're taking it all over the state for free presentations and uh, free live broadcasts and plant swaps, whatever you want to do. And uh, if you want information about that, go to mpbonline.org, and boom, they got a caricature of me uh, in, in the studio, and you can take it from there. Look forward to seeing some of y'all. We're going to take a real quick break here at MPB, come right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Almost cut my hair get kind of long I could have said it was in my way but I didn't and I wonder why I feel like I don't, I don't know why I almost cut my... No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, somebody jobbed and asked me the other day, why do you grow your hair long, Felder? You know, well, first of all, I sat on our aircraft carrier during Vietnam, okay? Enough said. Uh, I said, why do you grow your hair long? I'm thinking it's a real important distinct. It's subtle, but it's important. I'm not growing long hair. I'm simply not cutting what grows. And there's a there's a big attitude difference, you know. I'm going to flow instead of being a rebel or something. It ain't no freak flag. Anyway, let's go uh, to to Jackson and talk with Jim. Jim, you've been hanging on, man. I really appreciate it. How you doing? Good morning, Felder. I was very pleased to see that your book is in the top ten in Sunday's paper in terms of sales. And I know you're a modest fellow, but where could someone <laughs> like me buy one of those books? Man, you could get it at, uh, at if you're in Jackson, Lemuria. They got some signed copies. Uh, but in you know any place in the state, you know the independent bookstores, or you know just get it online. But I, I've left. Uh, matter of fact, I had to go back and sign a second batch of uh, of those here at Lemuria and Jackson. 
Well, we're very pleased that you went with University Press, and I'm pleased it's doing so well. I, I am, too. I'm, too. They did my first book, and then they did this one because it's, a, it's all about gardening in the South, but real, real gardening. So, anyway, appreciate it, Guy. Is it too early to buy them for Christmas presents? <laughs> no, no. It's just a Christmas long way. Just get it for now and just read it, you know, and if you get, t- you know, t- tear some pages out and staple them to your wall. Well, I'll read it. I won't tear any pages out, and I'll <laughs> give it as a gift at Christmas. I appreciate it, Jim. Thank you so much, man. Best to you on the road, Felder. Thank you. Jim Rosenblatt, he helps, uh, he does a lot of community stuff. He helps with the, with the cemetery roses and things like that. But anyway, let's slide down to the Gulf Coast and talk to Larry. What's up, man? Larry. Good morning. Howdy. Caught you by surprise, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, um, I have got the, uh, a, a couple of Sago palms that have the white scale on them. Oh, boy, that's tough. And, yeah, I know. Um I've YouTubed several different things, and of course, there's this miracle stuff. If you're a horticulturist, and uh, you know, and you have a, a nursery that's like three hundred, four hundred dollars per container and makes fifty gallons, well, I've got two. I've got two Segos. It's yeah. not worth it. But yeah. uh, another thing I saw was to do the spray it with the all seasons, and then do the uh, the bare uh, tree and shrub protect and feed, and pour around the base for. a uh, you know, systemic yeah. to get into the plant, and yeah. um, it's not working. Well, see, it, it, I, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, uh, sago and and palms. I don't know how they absorb. I don't know if these systemics work as well on palms as they do on regular plants because they don't have the typical vascular system like trees and shrubs do. So I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, it's a really good question. And a matter of fact, I, I'm I'm most likely to turn to my friend Gary Bachman who lives out on the coast. To see what he thinks, I just don't know if systemics work well on on palms, if they if they work that way or not. But they're the only reliable control for scale on other insects. The other thing is, uh, did you get much damage on them uh, for the winter? Did they turn brown? No, they didn't. They actually turned brown after the winter, and yeah. uh, I cut off the bottom the bottom fronds. But now it's got a whole new crown of beautiful. Uh, well, they were beautiful uh, fronds. Uh, yeah, coming out and and they're turning brown too and. I, you know, I'm yeah. thinking about my tow rope up to the back of my truck and pulling it out of the ground. Well, it's real frustrating, and there there are some controls for scale. I don't, it, but but because I don't do with I don't I don't deal with palms that much. The only ones, I, and I've got this white scale all on. I've got a palmetto, a palm. It's got them on there. And what I do is I just pretty much ignore it as best I can. But uh, I know that on the palmetto palms, you know, because they have that that real strong woody stem, you can spray them with the, what's called a summer oil. They got dormant oil. And summer oil, which isn't quite as heavy, not likely to deep fat fry your plants. I don't know if you can put it on the foliage of sagos without burning them, though. But on on my palmetto, sometimes I just hit it with some dormant oil, uh, some summer oil, and that covers them up and smothers them and does a pretty good job, usually for the year. But is again, that, is that the same thing as the all season spray oil? Yeah, if 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 it's an oil, that's right. You say all season. I don't know what that was. If it's a if it's an oil, you just. I, if if you don't get a chance to, I will look at a, you know just Google and see can you use uh, oils horticultural oils on sagos or on palms. Just Google That's that. I sprayed every one of the fronds. I, I I even lifted them up and yeah sprayed the underside of them with a Hudson sprayer with the with the oil and, the, 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 and then somebody else that used Dawn. Well, well now, now here's the thing: you can kill scale and they're still there. There's doorknob. 
but they're still there. They don't just they don't have they can't just let go and fall off. So you can you know what we're doing with the oils is is covering up the old ones to kind of kind of suffocates them, but also covers up the new crawlers as they get out on the new growth. And so the 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 oil doesn't poison them; it covers them up and, and smothers them. But again, I just don't know how horticulture oil works on palms in the south in the sun and humidity. I just don't know. But uh, well, between that and the systemics, well, those are the only two controls. It's not working too well on mine, so I'll give you that heads up. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, again, it might have worked, and the old scale is still there. Could be. Um, so it uh, continues to turn more and more brown. Is it going to recover from that, or? No, the, no. The front, you know, the fronds are turning brown. That was last year's. You know, they, you know, they they lose last year's uh, fronds after they put on new ones, or, or sometimes in case of cold weather, something before the new ones. And so most of the time, people just cut the old ones off and let the new ones come out nice and clean. The new ones are started out nice and clean, and now they're coming out brown too. Huh. Uh, do do you know? Have you ever heard of Gary Bachman, Doctor Gary Bachman? No, I can't say that. I he, have. He's the extension horticulturist. He's there at Pops Ferry. Okay. And he is the top, the state's top home garden expert. Pop, Pops Ferry what? Pops Ferry Road. Anyway, he's he's with the he's with the extension service. Oh, the extension service on yeah. uh, on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Mississippi State. Right. Right. Well, he is he is Mississippi State, and and okay. he and he knows that he's right there on the coast. He would more know more about it than I do. I'm just guessing at this point. Okay. So uh, that's uh, Dr. Bachman. You said. Yeah. Yeah. They they all know him. Well, I'll, I'll talk to the yard and garden guy. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Good and luck, honey. Appreciate it. You know, I've just I worked at a garden center down in Corpus Christi, Texas, been around palms all my life, but you know, they've got some weird problems. And I just don't know if if you can use regular insecticide. I just don't know. So I have to look that one up. So anyway, let's go to um to Maven and talk with uh with Ruth. Hey Ruth, what's going on? Hey, I have a couple of questions. Okay. One is I have been pulling up a ton of little oak seedlings in a mulched area under a big oak tree. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm wondering if the, most of them come up by the roots because I go up out after rain, but some of them break off. So yeah. do I need to be more careful to get the whole root or will the ones that break off die? Well, you know, and I have the same problem. Sometimes I miss them. They come up in shrubs and they're a year old and I can't pull them up. You know, there's not enough, you know, there's not enough back medicine, you know, for me. I can't even pry them up. So I just cut them off real close and sometimes they sprout back out. But if you cut them off a second time, usually they peter out. But uh, if you can get them while they're still small, put on a pair of gloves and grab them at the, and also it helps to get a pry bar, like a big uh, screwdriver or something like that when you reach in and you pull and, and pry them out at the same time. That works real quick without pulling your back. Okay, well, I can do that. My other question is, um, I had been uh, out of the state for several years, and while I was gone, the wisteria has taken over some pine trees. Uh-huh. And the wisteria is as big around as my bicep. Yeah. I mean, they're probably four inches across. I get it, yeah. I, I need to know, uh, people are telling me that Roundup, even the heavy Roundup won't kill them. I'm wondering if I cut them off, uh, down close to the bottom, and then spray Roundup on the cut place. Will that kill them? It it can. Uh, so it cut them off, but spray it immediately. Cut and spray, and then move on to the next one. Cut and spray. But you got to get okay. it. You know, when you scratch the bark of a plant, it's bright green right under the bark. But yes. but not in the middle of the of the stem. Well, it's the yes. bright green stuff where stu- where where Roundup and other stuff is moved. So so cut it and just spray around. You know, get it on that right. You know, right around the edge of the 
of the uh, of of the cut. You can also cut it off, and this works with poison ivy and other things too. Uh, it cu- cut it off, let it sprout back out. When it gets, you know, three or four feet or so, you know, some some decent growth on it, spray it on the leaves of those. Roundup is only absorbed into green tissue, whether it's that little green stuff under the bark or green foliage, and it's absorbed into green and moves down the plant, kills the roots, and then the top dies. So in the case of stuff like poison ivy, if you just cut it off and wisteria other thing, let it sprout back out. And a day or so after good rain, when it's growing really good, just wet the foliage. Not going to hurt your tree trunks or the or the roots or, or bark or anything like that. Only green foliage, and, and that'll work. Well, thank you so much. That's wonderful. You have a wonderful day. Okay, appreciate it. Hey, welcome back, Ruth. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, and before we go to our little cheesy music, let's go back to Jackson and talk with Jane. Hey, Jane, thank you for holding. Hi, um, Felter. What's up? Uh, this is Steve's wife. Mm. He's always bothering you. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, yeah. I, I, I would, he you get this stuff out front, right? Right. I didn't. I didn't walk by. I didn't walk by this morning. He told, he told me to look at my yard when you walk into town. I, right, I, right. So I, I haven't had a chance to look at it. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, um, I have a comment for the lover lady because we had bad lovers in, I mean, Athens. So what I came up with, she needs to get a wet, dry shop vac. And I'm going to sound thunk. weird. But you shop thump, back them. Thump, thump, thump. Yeah. yeah. You just shop back them up, and then you take the lid off, pour some soap in there, like dish soap. And fill it with water and close the lid. Or just take, or just take them out into the street and shake them out in the bushes. Right. I mean, what a what you know? That's like being sucked up by by a spaceship. You know? Can yeah. you imagine? Thump thump thump. Ah, help me! Just let, you know, take them down the end of the street, dump them out in the bushes. You don't have to kill them. Well, I, I worked I worked for the plant um, plant pathology at the extension service, and there was a. Um, um, bug lady there, and she said that they actually have something like that in big crops. They have they suck them up. Yeah. Like so, I invented that. Apparently, <laughs> a shop back, <laughs> the shop back lady. Yeah. Oh, you know, you have to take that little attachment off the end because they're not going to fit through, through through any kind of attachment. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Anyway, t- tell Steve I'll swing by and take a look at his yard. Thank you. I will. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pre- appreciate for the appreciate the tip. Oh, Java. Now, Steve's a neighbor of mine. He said, if you walk by this morning, take a look at my yard because they boogered it up, put some dirt or something like that out there. Now, what is a lover? We're going to have to go back to the lovers. It's a big grasshopper. Big. They're black, and they got a, a bright yellow or bright red stripe all the way down there. And they're bigger than they're big as my finger. Wow. They're big, big grasshoppers, sort of like locusts. Okay. And, uh, I mean, you can't thump them. You know, it'll take your fingernail off. But anyway... She got a good tip. Shop back and dump them out or whatever. Anyway, horticulture's fell to rush. And me and Java and all the folks here at MPB, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, come right back with more phone calls, this live program. Go to mpbonline.org and see when, when we're going to be in your town. We are going all over the state. 12 or 13 appearances over the next uh, several weeks. And they're free. They're fun. Bring a plant, we'll swap. But meanwhile, sit back, relax. We're going to do a little theremin music, and then we're going to come back with your calls right here on MPB.
Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Hope you enjoy that little theremin music. It reminds me of One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. Just calm down, calm down. But uh, we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturdays. But during the week, Monday through Friday, we have 15 locally produced programs on topics of interest to everybody. Somebody is interested in something. Now, Felder, I'm going to be truthful now. What? On the table... It looks like you have a salad, but you don't have a bowl. <laughs> I don't. So it looks like a, just a just like a salad on the table that's ready to eat, but you don't it have is. a bowl. It is. You know, you give me a squirt bottle of vinaigrette, I'm ready to go. I don't, I don't think Michelle McAdoo would appreciate it if I got salad dressing all over the, the studio here. But I brought in some stuff. I like to bring in a native plant, an heirloom plant, and an edible plant every week. And uh, this week I, I brought a collection because it's, start, it's starting to get kind of late for leafy greens, but I've got... Three different colors, Swiss chard, bright pink, bright yellow, bright red, Swiss chard. I've got the purple kale. I've got the blue kale, which is just blue as it can be. I've got four kinds of lettuces, and I've got some little uh, Johnny Jump Up, little viola flowers. And it's a pretty little thing. You, you know, sprinkle some croutons and a little Italian dressing on there, and we are ready to go. So that's my edible of the week. It's not too late to plant lettuce, but it's getting late. If you want to plant one more crop, mix lettuce. We have plenty of time for it to harvest before it gets hot and before the lettuce turns bitter. Uh, the native plant, I want to talk about this before we go to the calls real quick. This is a plant that's called, it looks like a, 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 a pom-pom, you know, like a cheerleaders you know big it, old, do, it does big old shaky pom-pom this is a native tree and it's, it's called american fringe tree because it looks like fringe uh but the common name is grandpa gray beard or grancy gray beard i've heard that before Grand, there you grancy go grancy gray beard it is more stunning than dogwoods and it blooms after dogwoods a lot of people don't plant it because it doesn't look like much in a pot it doesn't have a sexy name like dogwood but Grancy Graybeard is a very dependable sun or shade native plant. Won't fail to bloom. And it's, it's just it's tough as that, beautiful. When everybody else has dogwoods, you say, yeah, yeah, we're going to ride around and look at your dogwoods. But I got a Grancy Graybeard in my yard. Kind of cool. And then the heirloom plant is I brought in uh, one of the ugliest roses on earth. <laughs> we're talking about a miracle floral emblem here. But this... Doesn't look like much. It looks like it's been twisted and eaten by insects, a twisted little greeny yellow looking thing. This is the ancient antique green rose. Got green buds and green rose. Looks like a little zinnia with spider mites. But I grow the ancient green room, which in eighteen hundreds was described as an engaging monstrosity. Gotta love it though. You know, if I don't grow it, who's gonna grow it? Because it ain't pretty. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to slide over to Meridian, where I was last week broadcasting live. What's up, William? Uh, yes, sir. I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. I've got wild bamboo growing in my backyard, and oh, I need boy. to get rid of it. Oh, boy. Good luck. What have you tried? Have you tried anything yet? Yes, my chainsaw. Didn't work, did it? No, it Here's the deal. They got runners. You know, they got roots and they got runners that are a lot of times are underground. And they're okay. they're made out of the same stuff as the stuff that comes. They're made out of fishing pole. Okay. Yeah. And uh takes a chainsaw. But all you could do really is where where you can leave it between you know, between where you don't want it where it is, just cut straight down, 
two or three inches is all it takes because those those rhizomes are, are usually two or three inches deep at the most. And cut straight down, and everything on your side, you can either pull up or spray, and it won't come back. In other words, put a put put a trench between you and where it's coming from, and then stuff on your side. If you pull it up, it's hard. But if you do it one time, then a little bit will come back, and it's easy to pull up that second time. So one hard pulling and one not so bad before it gets hard again, if that makes sense. Well, these, these are, they've gotten to be about three, four inches in diameter. Oh, I know. I know. It's going to take a chainsaw. Uh, but, but you know, once you cut those down, it's, it's got stuff coming up out in your yard. Those, those things can come up 15 feet from where you see it. And, okay. and it's always just like these little roots run out like torpedoes out from the thing. So you got to stop. You got to cut down. And then on your side of the cut, either spray or dig them up. You can cut them down. The stuff you cut down, it won't come back, but new stuff will come up. So here's okay. here's something you can try, William. You've heard of Roundup, right? Yes. Okay, Roundup will work. It'll kill any grass or anything else that's green to get it on. But if you'll cut down all the, the, the big stuff and then cut your little ditch so it can't come back, when the new stuff sprouts up, when it gets about knee-high or maybe waist-high, you can either spray it with Roundup or there's a material that only kills true grasses. All the gardens, it's a grass killer. It only kills grass. But you got to put it on the new growth when it's somewhere between knee high and chest high when it's starting to send stuff back down the roots. So cut it down, make a, make a little ditch between where you, you want it to stop, and then when the new stuff comes up on your side, knee high, waist high, either brush it or squirt it with some Roundup or this grass killer. That's the only thing we can do. All right, no problem. Thank you. Good luck on it, man. And don't sit still long because it'll come up quick. <laughs> All right, thank you. You bet, William. Thank you. Had a good time last uh, last week at the Max in uh, Meridian, and uh, I did make a faux pas. You know, I interviewed the gal from uh, the head of marketing from uh, Van Zyverden Brothers Nursery, the country's largest importer of bulbs, including millions of tulips. And I appreciate that. And a lot of people love their tulips. They love them. But before I interviewed, I said, I think tulips are stupid. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oops, I should What I meant was, what I meant to say, and nobody said anything to me about it. I'm not in trouble with the Van Zyveren Pro. What I meant was they're one-shot deals. Plant them because you love them, but don't expect them to come back. But they have daffodils and other stuff, too. But anyway, tulips are great, but they're one-shot. And uh, I appreciate the Van Zyverden has given us the opportunity to have beauty in our gardens. <laughs> Let's go up to Tupelo now. Hey, Brian, what's up? Hey, Felder. Uh, I was heard you, the lady talking about using the wet dry shop vac. Yeah. And uh, I was just doing the same thing with June bugs. Oh, We've got <laughs> a ton of June bugs that have just, they, they're coming at my patio. How do they get, patio door how do they get in the light. house? How do they get in the house? My my little cabin doesn't have roaches or spiders or anything, but I wake up in the morning, I got these little June bugs on their backs, waving their little feet oh, well, at me. Well, I found that they're crawling in between the two panes of the sliding glass patio <laughs> door is one place. <laughs> little bulldozers. Yeah, so I, I left the light on and got them all up on the side of the house. Just they were attracted to it, and then I went and got my shop vac and <laughs> vacuumed up all of them that I could get. And then I turned on another light further away from the house to attract them away. But I didn't know if there was something that 
we could do. We're kind of surrounded by fields. There's not much you can do. uh, You know, they're they're the adults of the grub worms. The little grub worms you find when you're digging around the yard, that's the larvae of them. Chicken chokers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they are. And there's really not a practical. I see all sorts of stuff recommended, but nothing practical really works. And and, and the, the sprays you use... Uh, it would take a lot of spray to kill a, 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 a big grasshopper or a beetle. So I think the best thing is sweep them, ignore them best you can, turn the light off, get the shop back out. Not much else. Right. And I throw them out in the yard, and, you know, they land on the back, and I feel real bad for them because the birds just, whew, birds love them. Well, hopefully we just got some chickens, and once we start getting them free range, maybe they'll eat up the grubs and that, yeah. Well, turn the, grub, the grubs are, down yeah, a little. The, the grubs are fairly shallow, and grubs eat grass roots, so they they could be a problem. But there's not a practical control for them; that won't kill earthworms too. So, you know, luckily gotcha. they're not all the season. They're, they they come out in a big force, usually in in uh, April, May, June, and they, they, they so we have our worst infestation just in the spring, usually. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Good luck. Love well, I, I, I want to know that you got the shop. What did you do with your shop back full of, of, of June bugs or May beetles? What did you do with them? Right now it's still full. We've uh, <laughs> we've considered feeding them to the chickens. Well, the chickens would like them. Uh, yeah, they're not poison or anything like that. But, cute. that's got to be a creepy feeling to be in a dark bag full of other June bugs. <laughs> yep. Good luck on it, man. Throw them, throw them out on the All pond. Right. The fish will like them, too. Hey, that's a good idea. We've got a pond right right out back. There you go. Have fun with it. That's a great idea. (laughs) See ya. All right. Thank you. Java, I got to tell you, man, this is getting gruesome. Yeah, but it's just, I don't, I mean, I I totally understand because last night, uh, I believe it was a wasp got in my house. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't, for for whatever reason, I didn't want to get the fly swatter out. And I trapped it. And let it loose. And let it loose. Yeah, that's exactly a, what it's happened. A, it's, a, it's a karma thing. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, in the case of June bugs, there's so many of them, they are naturally out there as bird food. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when they get in, they're just trying to get away from the birds. We're just putting them back out and, you know, over the millions of years, they'll develop big teeth and they'll teach the bird something. But meanwhile, <laughs> throw them out. Shop back. Let's go to, to Jackson, talk with Jason. Jason, thank you for holding. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I've been meaning to tell you about this. Um, I'm a woodworker, and I bought some uh, Camellia japonica oil. uh, Good for um, kind of preserving your metal tools, but also good for skin and and actually finishing wood. And it's a wonderful oil. You make tea out of it, too. Now, this is the the Camellia japonica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the the sinensis. Okay, keep keep going. Because they do have the Camellia sinensis pure oil, which I haven't bought. But uh, the japonica, it's also called Subuki oil, I believe is the Japanese name. But my my question was, uh, um, how do they extract the oil from which part of the plant and then and how do they do that because this is a cold pressed oil and then i was wondering also because they're ubiquitous around mississippi uh the camellia japonica does anyone process them in the in the uh in the region that's a real good question and i don't know i would imagine that it comes from the leaves because the leaves. i would imagine because it's got a little oil in it uh, I don't think right. it comes from the flowers. You take a lot of flowers to cold press that, but I would imagine it's from the leaves rather than the stems. But I don't know. It's a great question. All these okay. four, 
40, 39 years of radio, I've never been asked that. That's a good question. Don't know. Okay. Listen. I didn't know if it was the buds or the, uh, you know, don't, before the flower, because that's kind of oily. But uh, yeah, but anyways. Don't know. That's something to think about. I'll, I'll do yeah. some more research. Something for, you, you and me both. Let's, let's Google it and see who comes up with the funkiest answer. That's right. And then another oil that I've used, which I really like, and that's also regional, um, is tongue oil, pure yeah. tongue oil. Yeah. And they, that comes from the nut, I believe, of the tongue tree. Yeah, which we used to have tongue oil plantation on the coast, and it got wiped out by a hurricane and uh, spread them. All, they're all up and down. You Sometimes you see them in central Mississippi, but when you get in our Hasbrook South, they're all on the roadside. Beautiful flowers huh. and, and big leaves. Okay. But, but tongue, tongue oil tree is considered a little invasive, but it's not what I call a habitat buster. But it's a it's an easy okay. to grow tree. You could, could you harvest your own oil from that somehow? Or yeah. You, you, yeah. Comes from the nut. I guess yeah. someone had told me you could. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great oil. We, we we had it was one of our agriculture industries here for a long time. Hmm. Okay. Well, interesting. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Okay. Good luck. Hey, by the way, you that 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 was a, a question I've never heard before, but it's not the weirdest question. I, I, every year I kind of keep track <laughs> of the of the weirdest questions, and always okay. they're always good questions because the person asking just doesn't know. But I've already right. got the best one for this year, and I hope somebody tries to top it. Somebody asked me the other day, where do you get seeds for pecans? And I'm thinking, oh. a pecan is a seed. And I said that. That's she a, said, uh, no, Mr. Rushing, you're wrong. Pecan is a nut. I'm thinking, okay, we're done with this. Uh. <laughs> because it was a good question, you know. They just didn't know. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's, we'll, we'll find out about the chameleon stuff. All right. Good luck, guys. I sure appreciate it. You bet, right, Jason. Okay, now I slide down to Mobile and talk with Gene. Gene, what's going on, man? Hey, man, when you coming to Mobile? Well, we got a, a, a plant swap at 10 o'clock in the morning in Central Prez parking lot. That's what I was thinking. You okay. going to be there? I'm going to try. <laughs> okay. I, I, got my hair, I got my hair about as long as yours. So when they told me not to cut my hair in March or last year, I didn't cut it no more. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, I'm, I, I'm not growing long hair. I'm just not cutting what I got. You That's know? right. I'm starting to look like Ben Franklin with the thin on top and bifocals and long hair. But he's on a $100 bill, so what the heck? Well, they tell me I look like Einstein, but I don't act like it. Wait, wait till they say you start looking like like uh, Crosby, Steele, Nash, and Young type of folks. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Anyway. But anyway, well, I call you about uh, table grapes. So what, what kind of fertilizer would be good for that? Any kind of all-purpose fertilizer. We don't want to put too much nitrogen on them because, you know, just one with the numbers about the same. Any kind, you know, there, there's nothing special about the kind of fertilizer for grapes versus roses versus, uh, you know, any, anything else. The main thing is spread it all out away from the trunk because the roots are way out there. And don't 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 put. I would prefer not to use uh, 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 agriculture fertilizers because the nitrogen that's in triple eight or triple thirteen, those the type of nitrogen is called ammonium nitrate. It's right. real strong, it's real fast, and then it's gone. It's sort of like plant version of cocaine or something. I, you know, to me, it's better to use something with a longer, slower type of nitrogen, uh, which, you know, do you have a lot of these grapes? No, uh, I'm trying to help my sister-in-law out here. Her husband died. She don't know what to put on them. I don't know either. 
It just get any, any kind of, 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 of tree and shrub fertilizer. and just well, what, what about the uh, cottonseed meal? Cottonseed meal would be fine. You know, it's a good, it's a good natural source of, of, of nitrogen, nice and slow. But the main thing is the, the agriculture, for, the ammonium nitrate is really tough right. and, and short. So I think it'd be better to go with something that they sell for, for trees and shrubs or flowers or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can't get some of them. Okay. Uh, Seed yeah. We'll see you tomorrow, probably. I hope so. See you, man. All right. Bye bye. All righty. We, we're rocking and rolling here for a while. I got stumped on some stuff, which I appreciate. I'm going to look up where to get the camellia oil from camellias. I already know what the seed of pecan is. It's a pecan. Yeah, it's a nut, but an acorn is where a tree, a, uh, whatever. Uh, my tree of the week, my native tree, is Grancy Graybeard, Grandpa Graybeard, American Fringe Tree. It is a stunning plant, and I know that it's available for sale. It's just not popular in garden centers because it doesn't look like much in a pot. And nobody knows what the name is. But if you like this plant, it's a terrific native. Better than dogwoods because dogwoods are dime a dozen and they're hard to grow. Look at somebody else's dogwood and try one of these. Uh, also, leafy greens. You want to still plant some uh, some some leafy some lettuces and stuff. Still got time. And then, last thing I want to mention: if you fertilize your grass, this is the month to do it. April is the time. Not not February, not March. April is the time to fertilize your grass. Use a good quality lawn food. Make the bag go further than it says it'll go, and do it at least every three or four years. Maybe once a year if you want to. But if you're pushing it beyond that, you need to get some Wellbutrin and calm down. Okay, grass doesn't need to be fertilized every year to be reasonable quality. But it does need fertilizer every now and then, so, so you know, just just do it. I'm a horticulturist fellow rushing. Java, Chapman, uh, Kevin Farrell, all the other folks here at MPB. We're looking forward to seeing you on the road. I'm going to be in, in uh, Laurel at the Art Museum at noon next Thursday. Chain Park in Hattiesburg at 5.30 next Thursday. We're broadcasting live from Pascagoula, and we're doing something Saturday. I forget. Uh, so, uh, somewhere on the coast on Saturday. Huh, I can't remember. I tell you what, don't have to remember. Just remember Mississippi Public Broadcasting, MPB online.org right there it's got a caricature of me and it says where we're going to be when me and java and all the other good folks here if you have a chance the garden centers are scrambling for plants because so many gardeners out there they're scrambling to keep up with demand so get in get early and take a kid with you to, to a garden center farmer's market show them how to do what we do best and that's get dirty see y'all all around the state starting next week